All right, my friends, welcome back to another episode of the Build Show podcast. That's right, my weekly time to get together with you guys and go deep. And man, I got a great topic today. In studio with me, Steve Basic. Uh, Steve and I have been friends for a long time. We've had a lot of nerdy conversations. But Steve just got back from a week-long trip in Europe where he got to go to Switzerland and tour around. He also got to spend three or four days in Germany at a show called The Bowel Show, which I got to go to, I don't know, three, four years ago. So we're going to spend today's podcast talking about what Steve learned in Europe. From the Rockwell Studios in Austin, Texas, let's get going. Hey guys, before we jump into today's podcast, big thanks to Builders First Source, our podcast sponsor. Gosh, I've been a customer of theirs for over 20 years now, if you can believe it. I started uh, with BMC in 2001, and you probably know by now, but BMC and Builders First Source merged about, I don't know, three years ago now. Uh, And the BMC name has gone away, even though uh, they had multiple hundreds of locations. So Uh, BFS now is the new name. They're at like 500 yards around the country. Uh, I buy my rough lumber, my framing lumber from them. They sell windows and doors. So all those exterior windows and doors, interior trim packages. Some of the locations even have cabinets and paint. This is a terrific company. Uh, And if you're not currently a customer of theirs, I'd highly recommend you reach out to them and find your lumber salesperson uh, that you can start dealing with on bids for your projects. Really, really terrific company. That being said, let's jump into today's podcast. Steve, thanks for joining me in the studio today. Uh, You were in town doing some Build Show Build Boston uh, video work. Uh, But I wanted to pick your brain on the big trip that I watched on Instagram, and I'm still seeing uh, you're still posting some of that. You spent a whole week uh, in Europe. Tell us about that. Yeah, well, the the first uh, part of the week, we went to Seagop and Roswell. We've been out there. Um, together and I did that that tour again, which was interesting because they locked me in a room with thirty Canadian builders <laughs> for an eight hour day. So I mean, thank God I brought the large bottle of Advil um, on the trip. But no, they were they were they were great um, builders. Um, I didn't know any of them, so I made thirty new friends. Cool. Um, and the thing is, is all of those guys were and, and gals. There were a few gals there. They were already using a lot of the Sega products. Hmm. So I don't know if, you know, Canada's making this big push, but they seem to be very in tune with better performing structures Interesting up there. And uh, and then we had some Sega people that were just taking it um, to the next level. Um, and I got to learn a bunch. I, I actually took some time. I talked to one of the their head lab guys there and I did the post. I forget what the number was, but like to develop, was it um, the Myrex? I think they did like 120 different samplings of it before they came up with wow. the one that that's their house wrap. Myrex. That, Myrex is the interior vapor oh, interior smart vapor, vapor, that's vapor right. retarder. Gotcha. But what I always find interesting is when we post something, somebody says, "Oh, that's junk." Like. Who, who are you, first of all, to say that? <laughs> but secondly, like, do you really think a company like Sega just, they went into the lab for an hour, like spread this out and said, yeah, hey, this looks pretty this'll good. Work. Let's, yeah, this will work. Hey, just start making thousands of uh, feet of rolls of this so we can sell it. No, they test it. In, 
and, and it goes through grueling tests. That's hilarious. And it's, and it's all manufacturers that I know. And then you get some clown on, on social media says, oh, that's junk. Like, you have no justification for, so for that position. So but, that, uh, that does bring an interesting point, though, I think, that kind of blew my mind a little bit about Europe, is that in America, uh, I've tended to focus really on exterior air sealing, and that works seemingly really well and we've mm -hmm. been able to get amazing blower door scores and i've almost in some respects forgotten about interior air sealing or poly seal as we tend to call it in america mm -hmm. whereas in europe uh they almost don't care about exterior air sealing mm -hmm. and they do all their air sealing on the inside yep. so they've got these kind of membranes that they tape and they use all these uh kind of interesting techniques to get a really airtight layer and then they hang drywall on top of that let's say right but they kind of let the outside hang out and 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 it's all masonry frame it. there too so their their base product is slightly different that's a great um, point than the the wood frame product that we deliver typically so now that's germany is is masonry but yeah switzerland, tended switzerland to had wood. the big heavier timber yeah. wood yeah. um framing there so there's just different practices so but it, it is a definite eye-opener to go there and and see all of these things getting built and you know when you when you tour a factory the other thing that was really interesting is um, we, we got to the, the Sega factory there where they're making tapes and stuff. And there were even fewer employees than the time that I was there with you. Is that right? I mean, there was probably like four or five guys running this whole factory. Wow. Um, they all had, automated. it was all automated and That's stuff. Neat. And, uh, you know, so they do a really good job of creating this, you know, sustainable workplace, um, that uh, you know can roll out a bunch of product, but you don't have all of these um, you know people. But I mean, people equals jobs, so I'm not trying to say we shouldn't have them. But they were just very streamlined in mm. how they developed their product and the building itself. Um, and and I learned a few few new things there. You you know you go and you hear somebody else talk about the same product, but they pitch it a little differently, mm -hmm. and so you get to learn something. Um, a little different. And I was with a different crew from the, the Sega crowd. So getting their take on Sega products was um, certainly a, a different and, and a little bit more enlightening. But That's cool. But uh, Tell me about Germany, Steve. Yeah. So, so, so you took a bus from, so that was Switzerland for two or three days. Yeah. And then you took a bus over to this show called the Bow Show. Tell, what is the Bow Show? Well, do you want to hear about the highlight on the bus ride? Absolutely, I do. So we pull over into a uh, uh What'd you call it? Uh, 7-Eleven? No, we pull it to a rest stop. And the bus driver all of a sudden stands up and says, how many sausages do people want? And I'm like, what is this guy sausages. talking about? Interesting. And the so like, people are like raising their hand. And I was like, okay, I guess I, I like sausage. Yeah. So I raised my hand. And he's like, okay, well, I'll just make all of them. He opens up a cooler in the dashboard. He pulls out like six packs of like 15 sausages. <laughs> and I was like, but they were, they were like, he just bought them from the supermarket. So I'm like, where the hell is this guy going? He goes to the back, the kind of mid bus, there was a door. And he opens up this panel, and there's like a whole hot dog steamer set up oh and everything. So he cuts up, he throws all these hot dogs in, That's he closes hilarious. it up, we get on the bus, and we drive away. And then like 20 minutes later, he pulls into another rest stop. 
he busts out all these cooked hot dogs and like all these rolls and stuff. And we're having a picnic on the side of the, uh, the highway in the hot dog cooking hot dog station cook, right yeah, in the middle of your Greyhound. In the middle of your bus. That's but, fantastic. But anyways, the, the bow show. It, it happens every two years in Europe. It happens on the same campus. There were a It's in Munich, right? It was in Munich. Yeah. And their their mass transit system is impeccable. It's clean. Mm. It feels safe. It's on time. It it was absolutely incredible getting around there. People said, Oh, did you really enjoy Munich? No, I spent most of it underground. Um, because that's how you get around out there. That's funny. And uh and it pops right up at the campus where the, the conference was and ten buildings for this. And it was absolutely and these incredible. Aren't small buildings either. And they're not small buildings. Do you think it's bigger than the international builder show? It that is we go it's to probably two or three times bigger. Wow. Now that's that. big. It's uh it was pretty incredible um to go there. I was fortunate. Patrick from uh, European Architectural Supply was out there mm-hmm. um looking for new products to bring to the US. So we actually spent a couple days touring with him. Um and he's European. He was born in um, Slovakia, so we're we're basically going back to his home That's home so world. Cool. And, uh, and what did you see it. that was interesting or different or cool? Well, we started out at the Shuko booth, which is always a treat. It's, it was by far the biggest booth. There. Was it really? Yeah, I mean, Just it was giant. It was like a, a quarter of one of the buildings. They're the biggest s- brand there, aren't they? They're the biggest window manufacturer in uh, or biggest window component distributor in Europe. Wow. Um, yeah, it's like they they are the window in Europe. Um, but seeing what they're doing, they they had um, exhibits about talking about recycling, replacement of all the components inside the window to lower their carbon footprint. Interesting. Um, so they're they're working as manufacturers should on developing a better product for the environment, mm-hmm. so that we don't have to choose somebody else because they make a more sustainable product. Yep. That they were working towards it, but we also saw like integrated shade shading devices, which are really cool. We saw the integrated ERV system hmm. that can get plugged in the window. So, you know, it we're not far from you buy a window and here's a bunch of add-on packages. You know, there's ones that were a fixed window with like a side vent, which hmm. I don't quite know why you would do. Um, I guess you could put a shade over the, uh, the window and not have to worry about it tilting in. And then okay. the side vent, you just open to vent. It's you basically open up this like metal door and there was a screen in there. Huh, that's wild. So it was it was pretty wild um, to see that. But, uh, you know, moving on to other stuff, we saw one, one of the things that I found probably the most intriguing, there was a standing seam roof um, exhibit where the pv was integrated to the standing scene oh neat and from 10 feet away you could not tell that's really cool so it's like the days of seeing these big old panels on a unistrut system Uh across all gone you put up this it was on furring strips all the wires and stuff plugged in underneath underneath, oh wow and it was a a fully integrated system that's pretty cool which was pretty pretty and it looked like a normal standing scene it looked like a weirdo it's not a glass you know tesla it didn't shine or it wasn't faded in this area it looked beautiful that's pretty neat absolutely beautiful one of the things that really stuck out to me when i was at the bow show three or so years ago was they they build uh in germany seemingly mostly masonry Mm -hmm. uh exteriors 
And so there was a lot of interesting products around masonry construction. For instance, uh, a lot of buildings that I saw in Germany had integrated shades on the exterior. So if you're needing privacy, you have an exterior shade you can put down. If you want uh, extreme energy efficiency in the summer, you could put a sun blocking shade down. Whereas in America, you know, we put shades in. Uh, yes, we're getting privacy, but there's no energy efficiency benefit to blocking the sun after it's passed through your yeah. low E glass. It's in the house you at that point. You still have the heat, even though, you know, maybe you've got a yep. uh, SHGC of 0.20, let's say. You've blocked 80% of the heat, 20% still getting through. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you do an exterior shade, you can actually block that heat mm-hmm. from block hitting, it from, coming in. from coming through the windows. And that was kind of ubiquitous through Germany from mm-hmm. what I could tell was those mm-hmm. exterior shades. And, and you know, there were a bunch of other cool things. There was uh, one that had a, a through-wall ERV system. There were a number of them there mm-hmm. um, that were made in Germany, which were really, really cool. Um, you know, the, the other thing to understand is the European culture, they don't, they're not, I mean, some of them might be building five or 6,000 square foot houses, but a lot of people over there are living in 1,100 feet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Even if they're building a new house, yeah. it's 11, 1200 square foot for house people. for four people. people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so they don't need a lot. They're not yeah. putting in two or three zenders. They're yep. putting in one through wall unit yeah. for ventilation because sense. the house doesn't need it. So, you know, understanding that and trying to conceptualize the, the miniaturization of building um, walking through there was um, really interesting. And the other thing was the upscale value and quality of stuff. Mm. Um, you know, I was I was really impressed that no matter what I touched, held, I was like, damn, this is nice. And it didn't matter. Like, there was no company there that said, hey, we build the cheapest cladding yeah. system. Yeah. Right? This or, installs 80% faster than that other yeah, crappy stuff we made last year. Exactly. Like, Everything I picked up was like, wow, this is like the best floor drain that I think I've ever, ever seen. Touched. And yeah. people and, and Patrick's like, yeah, this is just they they sell thousands of them. This is just your average, you know, company here. And uh, and I was I was just really impressed that it's it's the the perspective. And yes. The other thing that that Patrick um, he he made know and it made sense afterwards when you walk around every booth has like hospitality bar or something Mm -hmm. like i could have went to almost any exhibitor and got lunch a beer a a coffee a pretzel (laughs) yeah Yeah. and there was a place to sit down they weren't overcrowded there weren't people taking naps in the chairs and just hanging out but in talking with patrick about it he said the perspective of these shows in europe is totally different than the u.s in the U.S., you go to the builder show. People are trying to sell you stuff. He goes, in Europe, he said, they're doing two things. One, they're thanking you for being a customer. How about that? And it's like, hey, come in here, sit down. Let me hear your story. Mm-hmm. You use our product. Let's hear about it. Can we make it better? Um, and, oh, by the way, let's show you what we're thinking. Mm. And we're showing you how we're making our products better for you. That's cool. So the perspective is totally different. Like yeah. there was nobody there selling me something. There's a real eye for craftsmanship that feels different there, doesn't it? Like you mentioned that when you pick up a material that feels quality. One of the things that I noticed when I was there three years ago, for instance, in the hall that had roofing products, there wasn't an asphalt shingle anywhere. 
No. Right, because they would never put a shingle on that would only last ten to twenty years, and if mm-hmm. a hailstorm came, it'd be gone in five. Yeah. They would only put on products that would last for uh, not just decades, but potentially centuries. You know, they grew up with buildings that were hundreds of years old. Why would we build a building that's going to fall yeah. apart in thirty years or fifty yeah. years? It was just this whole mind shift, and and I'm as pro America as it gets, man. I'm I bleed red, white, and blue. Yeah. Um, but I do like that mindset that the European builders seem to have and, frankly, European homeowners of, hey, I'm going to pass this house down to my grandchildren. So I'm going to do things that will benefit my grandchildren, not, hey, I might have to move to Chicago in two years. So what's the cheapest way I can do this? Or yeah. what's the ROI on this? Because I need to I need this to pay for itself in five years in energy savings. I mean, yeah. it's just their mindset is totally different and they get it too because a couple of them you know when i got to know them in the booth and chatting they would make comments about american American cheapskates (laughs) and uh you know this and that and americans you know they they worry about just build fast to get it done yes not build right that's right um it's it was it was really interesting to to understand that perspective Here's a, here's a quick for instance about this that I think is I was just came to mind. You and I are almost the same age. We grew up in the 80s. Yep. You know, I remember in the 80s before the Japanese cars came in the market, like late 70s. If you owned a Mercedes, it was like, oh my gosh, you know, my neighbor bought a Mercedes. That's a heck of a car. And I remember my dad, you know, was super pro buy America. His dad was a yep. World War II vet. You know, they would never buy a, a foreign, especially a German or a Japanese car. Uh, but he had a neighbor that had a BMW or had a Mercedes, and he was always a little jealous of this diesel Mercedes because he knew it was better built. Right. He didn't quite know why it was better than his 75 Buick, but he knew it was a better car. So then fast forward about, I don't know, 10 years, and I was telling my dad, hey, these Hondas, these Toyotas, they seem like really good cars, Dad. Well, I finally got my dad to buy a Toyota in 1989, a Toyota Cressida. And actually, when I was in college, I drove an 84 poop brown Toyota Camry, Uh which had no guts, but was as reliable as anything my dad had ever seen. Mm -hmm. And so I had this early mindset of, oh, it's so interesting. The Japanese, the Germans, they build things for a different longevity period, especially than the American cars from the 50s, Mm -hmm. 60s, 70s, which were built a lot like American homes today, frankly. Not a lot of thought for hey can we go 300,000 400,000 miles in this car no it was if that car's got 100,000 miles you might as well throw it away it's junk at 100,000 mm-hmm. miles yeah no and that's it, the same mindset for houses right exactly and 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 everything they do everything they do like you know there's this one place we went to it was a, it was a drain um, company that made stainless steel drains and stuff but they had this roof gutter system for a parapet that uh it, it was basically a, a saddle that had a bunch of ridges that the metal parapet would snap into, but those ridges were acting like gutters to shed the water. Mm. And just the quality, the, the the weight of the steel, but you knew, like, if I bought this, yes, it's not going to be cheap, but if I install that, that parapet's never going to have a problem. Yeah, it's going to be awesome it's, for many it's decades like That to is come. the solution. It's yeah. not, hey, maybe this will work for 10 years. <laughs> yeah. No, that's going to work for so the next awesome. you know, 50, 100 years yeah. on there. That's um, awesome. Which, you know, the other thing that I noticed, too, I'm curious whether you saw this, was I saw groups of men and women 
all in like the same white or green or brown uniform walking around in a group and i remember thinking who are those ups drivers right like they yeah. look like they're wearing a ups uniform and then i realized oh it has like uh i can't think of it like a, a mark- guild or yeah, guild marking or yeah, something and like so, some painting company that all these painters are in uh you know a uniform for the same company and they're tradesmen painters they're tradesmen plumbers they're mm-hmm. tradesmen hvac you yeah. know duct guys they were uniformed out as if they were an Audi pit crew. Yeah. Right? They looked awesome. Yeah. And they I all hung that. out together and walked together. And yes. there, there were a number of of them. I remember just one crowd. They had like black corduroys and these vests. And I asked Patrick and he said they were like Bavarian carpenters or something. But so awesome. They were like so proud to be who they were. Yes. Like, hey, look at me. You know, that's so um, awesome. It, we got to get that was. in America, it, man. It, yeah, it's we're slowly getting back to trade schools in America. It, it is. But how cool would it be if we saw all our carpenters uh, in the field wearing those uniforms? There, there's a uh, Instagrammer that I follow who's in Korea. Uh, uh, Transil Papa. Or yeah, Transil yeah, Tansil Papa. Tensil Papa. That's it. Yep. Uh, and man, when I see him framing houses in Korea, He's got the full uniform. They on. all look the they same. They all look the same. They're all looking awesome out on the job. Yep. We got to do that more often. Yeah. That's so cool. It was uh, it was really cool. And then you know there were the 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 kind of far out products. We saw this one that was like this wooden insulated Lego system to build houses. Mm-hmm. The blocks were like twenty four inches by I don't know, probably about twelve inches, twelve inches thick, fully insulated, but they were a wood block and you just basically stacked it like literally you were building a Lego house for a, a full size home. So there were a lot of those kinds of systems in there. Um, mechanical systems, I mean, they were all all there. Buderis and, and a lot of these companies um, showing off their equipment. I've never even heard of that one before. They're Buderis? Or, yeah, what is that? It's a boiler um, company. Huh. I actually have one in my in my, in my my house. Wow. A Buderis boiler, but uh, mine's like, you know, two or three generations behind where they are over huh. there. They That's don't wild. release their good technology. <laughs> they hold it. And... Um, and and That's and even funny. even the thank you. So I was amazed, um, Patrick, um, because he's a Shuko uh, distributor. He got us into the Shuko party, mm-hmm. and I, he's like, "Hey, I got you know you and Lexi. Lexi, my daughter, uh, was traveling with me, and he says, hey, we got you into the Shuko party.' And I was like, "Okay, so this will be cool. I'll go and meet a few Shuko people, right?" There were twelve hundred people at this party. Oh my gosh! I walk into cow. this giant hall, and I was like. This is like a freaking coliseum. Dang. And there were just tables forever. And there were, it was a full buffet. And then they cleaned out like a bunch of tables up front and they had a concert. And, and Patrick said again, he reiterated, he goes, this is just Shuko's way of saying thank you. Holy right. Cow. We appreciate what you guys are doing. We appreciate that you use our products and we appreciate that you're a team member with us. That's pretty and, neat. And then I was talking, I showed you the picture of the guy next to me um, that I had met. He looked like Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> so I was texting all my friends saying I, I was having dinner with Stone Cold Steve Austin. And he, and he was from Slovakia. He's And I told him, he's like, who this Steve Austin guy? So I brought it up. He goes, oh, he goes, that he looked like me. <laughs> so yeah, we had a really good time. Did but, you get recognized by anybody? I, I, there were a couple people there. 
that uh, you know talked about the build show and oh, that's stuff. Awesome. And uh, I figured someone in the Shuko booth must yeah, know you. You've sold enough Shuko windows over the years. And we had we had some actually some really some people from like Shuko headquarters sit down with us and chat and talk about. He was talking about like why why America why we don't have more of them out there. Mm-hmm. So we had a we had a nice long chat with yeah. a couple of their guys um, talking. But the Stone Cold Steve Austin lookalike guy, I was talking to him and he goes, "Yeah, this is my third night." Um, or fourth night, because it was Thursday night. And I'm like, you've been here four nights? He goes, yeah, well, they throw this party every night for all five days oh of the show. Oh, gosh. Holy cow. And I was like, yeah. I was like, that's a hell of a thank you. Oof. That's like 10,000 people you're that saying thank you to. went the party, too. 5,000 people, yeah. Dang. So I got to go back. What's the schedule on the, on the bow show? That one's every two years. Okay. But it runs in opposition to the Fenster Bow Show, which is basically another bow show, but it's all windows and doors. Fenestrations. Yeah, I've been to that one one like 10 years ago. There were like two buildings dedicated to shading devices. Oh my gosh. It was absolutely, like everything you can think of, roll down shades, fold out shades, canopies, roll down screens, integrated systems. It's in like every window manufacturer fabricator in, Europe Holy cow. is there, and that's, that's every wild. year, and that's in Nuremberg, so it's a different. Okay, it's in a different city. Um, but I gotta go I'm, back. I'm going back there next year. I've only to, been uh, one time, but to go I to was that fascinated show. by that show. Yeah, it's it's overwhelming. I mean, even for somebody that you know, you walk in there and you think you know a little bit, and you walk around and go, "Holy crap! Look at all this stuff!" And then you still find some stuff like. Um, I, I showed you the video last night. It's for an ADA compliant threshold, uh-huh. but how do you get air sealing? The minute you close the door, there's a magnet that attracts this air seal that pops up from the threshold. That's pretty crazy. And I was like, wow, that is Genius. really, really cool. Really smart idea. Um, and, it, and it was extremely well engineered. I can imagine. Um, they had a lot of water reclamation in one section where you huh. can put these tanks, collect all of your rainwater, and it had a small pump, and it had connections for all of the hose bibs and stuff. So you basically bury this in the lawn, and then you can go out and hook up a garden hose to it. Smart. And the, built, the <coughs> pump is built in, and now you can water everything you need. Yeah. They just, their engineering is impeccable. It's pretty incredible. It, uh, everything that I turned around, I was like, wow, that is a really cool idea. Wow, this is a really cool idea. <laughs> Did you shoot any videos for Built Your Network? Shoot it. We shot a bunch of videos cool. that we can uh, I look forward to seeing that content come out pretty soon. By the time this so, podcast uh, is up, it may be on. So go check out uh, buildshownetwork.com. And if you've not been to that site, there's what they call a hamburger menu on the top left. If you hit that menu, uh, Steve's name drops down. That's all our contributors on there. Look for Steve Basic, hit him, and then that'll bring up all his latest videos. Yeah. Uh, but, of course, you can sign up for our newsletter if you haven't already. This is a good transition for us. Uh, in the description below, hit that subscribe button to subscribe to our podcast. New podcasts every Friday. And our newsletter's on there, and that's how you find out. Here's the Steve video that's new. Here's the Matt video. Here's the Jake video. Uh, all our contributors' new content, all 12 or so videos we publish every week is in that newsletter. And guys, if you're not following Steve, you should definitely be following on Instagram. He put a bunch of content up from the show. He's still uh, been dribbling out even past uh, that. So Steven Mm -hmm. Basic Architect on Instagram. And he's also shooting a podcast or or videoing slash recording a podcast, I should say, uh, with Jake Bruton 
and with uh, Peter, Yost. Peter Yost, sorry, I blanked on Peter's name, called the Unbuild It Podcast. UN Build It, Unbuild It Podcast. Yep. Steve, really appreciate you taking time to come down and spend some time no, in the man. studio with me. Always a, always a pleasure. Always always, a pleasure. Uh, always fun to spend time with you, and we got to get that bow trip 2025 on the calendar. Yeah, well, we can go to Fenster Brow next year and go check Brown. out all the windows and doors. and that fall, do you know? I think it's the spring. It's the same, same, same time. time frame. Spring of 2024 in Munich? Uh, uh, Nuremberg. Nuremberg, okay, cool. Good stuff, man. Steve, thank you. I appreciate it. Guys, thank you for uh, for listening or watching. If you're not familiar, we do have the uh, video version of this. If you want to see Steve and I smiling faces over on buildshownetwork.com. Uh, With that being said, from the Rockwell Studios in Austin, Texas, follow us on TikTok or Instagram. Otherwise, we'll see you next time on the Build Show podcast. <laughs>